This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, August 24th, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. Drone technology is just getting started. What does regulation of that technology for the public and private sector look like? And how should it change? Matthew Feeney is editor of the new Cato volume, Eyes to the Sky, Privacy and Commerce in the Age of the Drone, available now. Over the last decade or so, what have we seen in terms of the development of drone technology and the use of drones by, uh, in particular, law enforcement, but also the private sector? I think at the last year, we've seen uh, an interesting attempt from federal lawmakers and regulators to deal with this new emerging technology. Uh, what we've seen is uh, a range of uh, institutions such as the FAA uh, and, and Congress trying to grapple with the, uh, the the emergence of the drone, which is posing a host of uh, regulatory uh, issues. Uh, the the the, the fact is that we have this relatively cheap uh, flying machine that can serve as a platform for cameras and other tools uh, is, is very valuable in the private sector, whether it's uh, agriculture, architecture, the delivery services, as well as uh, in, in government and defense, but also law enforcement, as you mentioned. And, and what we have seen is that uh, law enforcement are increasingly interested in uh, mounting surveillance tools onto drones. And it was these range of concerns that uh, prompted me to uh, put together the edited volume, um, which uh, we've put out. And I, I think it's, uh, to the best of my knowledge, the only book so far that combines uh, a range of experts on these fields. Uh, there are chapters dedicated to concerns about surveillance, as well as a chapter dedicated to the history of FAA regulation of the drone, uh, written by policy analysts, law professors, um, indeed a former chief counsel for the FAA. So people might be surprised to learn that if they're in a rural part of the country and there is a drone flying overhead and they shoot that drone out of the sky, that uh, there are uh, federal legal implications of doing that. Uh, there certainly are. Uh, the The interesting thing about uh, the, the ongoing debates about drones is the, the federal nature of American airspace. Uh, anyone uh, who's been paying attention to um, airports, airplanes, or flying machines in the U.S. knows that there's a federal agency called the Fe uh, Federal Aviation Administration, and it governs uh, airspace in the U.S. And certainly, uh, although many people think of the, the United States as a constitutional republic that embraces federalism, at least when it comes to airspace, we're in a very uh, federally governed environment. Uh, and certainly, one of the chapters of the book actually argues for a more federal adoption of uh, of airspace, that states and local transportation agencies should actually be in charge of having a different approach uh, when it comes to, to airspace. The idea being that different states should be able to experiment with different regulations in light, in part, of the emergence of drones. Uh, th there's no doubt at the moment that drones are very uh, are very popular in certain industries, and I think that's only going to increase as the technology improves. Uh, and certainly, uh, although I think you can see um, issues with how the FAA tried to regulate drones as they emerged, uh, you, you still nonetheless have to appreciate that a lot of regulators are working in the environment that they've been put in. Uh, absent some pretty significant uh, reforms from Congress, I don't think we're going to see uh, federal 
uh, federalized airspace anytime soon. With respect to uh, you know the, the the private sector, obviously the uh, possibilities are massive for drones in terms of efficiently getting things that people want and need uh, directly to them uh, efficiently with as as little human intervention as possible. But uh, with respect to the public sector. Um, they seem to be going ahead with using drone technology in a way that the private sector hasn't. And that, of course, has significant civil liberties implications. That, that is, police make use of this technology in many cases before they have permission to do so. That's right. And and there are two chapters in the book dedicated to surveillance. Uh, one, I, I think, does a good job at uh, discussing the state of affairs and what the actual capabilities of a lot of this technology are. And we, we, we might, uh, and, and listeners who have heard us talk before, will certainly be familiar with the fact that uh, Customs and Border Protection do fly uh, military-grade you know, predator drones along the northern and southern borders. But more recently, we've seen state and local law enforcement uh, expressing interest in this kind of technology. And some states have imposed uh, warrant requirements for this kind of technology, uh, which is certainly a recommendation in the book. But there's also discussions about an exhaustion requirement that law enforcement should have to exhaust other surveillance uh, tools and methods before resorting to drones. Uh, And that's, I think, a concern motivated by some of the uh, points highlighted in another chapter that discuss the actual capabilities here. Uh, the, the, the technology is improving all the time, and, and we're at a stage now where with a lot of the tools you can attach to drones, you can automate the tracking of people um, in cities. Uh, you can keep uh, I- entire communities under surveillance um, for, for a long time. And uh, th- that, I think, is something we've seen with manned aircraft in cities like Baltimore. Um, but unmanned aircraft is um, certainly the future of aerial surveillance. Uh, and if, if, if we're concerned Concerned about you know a persistent eye in the sky, then certainly some of the recommendations in the book are, I think, worth taking seriously. Where do you expect this technology to be in ten years? I, I know law enforcement would like to continue using it because it uh, can save man hours and give you uh, pictures of all sorts of people doing all sorts of things, uh, whether they're breaking the law or not. And of course, the private sector would like to cut a lot of man hours out of the process of uh, doing the kinds of things that delivery groups, Amazon and and others would like to do. Mm -hmm. I do think in the next 10 years in the public sector, maybe not with police, but I think we'll see more and more use of drones in especially emergency responses, whether that's fire departments and uh, um, medical uh, response, especially in the wake of natural disasters. It's not hard to imagine how drones could be very helpful in the wake of a flood or a hurricane um, in order to either gather information about the affected area, but then also potentially to help communicate with survivors on the ground. Uh, With with, uh, the private sector, there's certainly, as you mentioned, um, the potential for delivery, but there's also, I think, a, a lot of applications for um, architecture and construction, for the inspection of buildings, engineering, uh, agriculture, with um, dust croppers being replaced by drones and drones doing similar inspections of crops. Uh, there is also, I think, you know, one that we're, we're kind of familiar with now, but I, I think the use of drones in arts and entertainment uh, will certainly be um be used more and more. And and policing, I think it, it will be interesting to see. Um, I think in 10 years, what you'll find is that um, local communities across the US will express 
um, hesitancy to being kept under a certain a certain eye in the sky. You certainly saw that uh, in Baltimore, um, and, and in many ways, it sort of epitomizes the kind of mass surveillance that um, dystopian writers have warned us about in the past. Uh, so I, I, I'm maybe cautiously optimistic that we can embrace new and emerging uh, drone technology without having mass surveillance being the cost for those benefits. Matthew Feeney is editor of the new Cato book, Eyes to the Sky, Privacy and Commerce in the Age of the Drone, available now. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast pretty much anywhere and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.